behind the back, wrap around, and climbing the ladder is Dante Hall. Sexton. Step back. Good! Patty at three. Oh, he's a flamethrower! What a shot! 6-3. It's good! It's good! It's good! Colin Sexton made the floater! They'll review it! But oh mercy! Colin Sexton may have saved the season! Tigers set to trigger it in. Smart gets it into Watford. Threw it away! He'll run it down in the backcourt. He will take it to the top of the arc. Watford three at the buzzer blocked by Herb. The putback, no! The buzzer sounds! And Bama hangs on! Oh my goodness! Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Double Dribble Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Harper, Todd Illustrated's head basketball analyst and insider. And I am here to break down the the Alabama-Moorhead State game that just happened. It ended about 15 minutes ago, and Alabama had a very impressive 105-73 to victory over the preseason favorite to win the OVC Conference in the Moorhead State Eagles. Um, please follow, subscribe to this podcast. I will be releasing at least weekly episodes throughout the season, twice a week for a conference season. Um, It's a great source for Alabama basketball, both insider information for recruiting, as well as breaking down the games, previewing the games throughout the season. So Alabama wins 105-73 to in their season opener, and it wasn't even close from the get-go. You know, they started off on a a very big run. Um, They got up as many as 22 within the first 10 to 12 minutes of the game. Moorhead State just, they they were overwhelmed by Alabama's length, their athleticism, and more importantly, their shooting, shot-making ability. Um, They started off on fire, four for five from three. You know, Grant Nelson showed his versatility. Aaron Estrada looked incredible um, at times tonight, and... Alabama showed their potential of what they can be this season. Grant Nelson was the prize transfer from South Dakota State. 6'11.4, as they call him. I mean, he he is a freak of nature when it comes to how his height and his ability to handle the ball as well as shoot the ball, pass the ball. I mean, he he is a five-tool player, as they say in baseball. He can do it all. And he showed it tonight. Grant Nelson scored a total of 24 points on 7 of 12 shooting. Impressive 8 for 8 from the free throw line. Alabama fans would love to see that, as well as 2 for 4 from 3. If you get two threes a night from Grant Nelson to go along with everything he does, playmaking ability, um, bringing up ball up the floor, rebounding, and he, he did really well defensively as well. He had two blocks and a steal, and – he is going to be have to be the guy that's going to have to help protect the rim along with Nick Pringle and Muhammad Wagee or Jaron Stevenson. It's going to be a group effort. But Grant Nelson, he's going to be one of the main guys that's going to have to step up, and he did tonight. Aaron Estrada, like I mentioned before, had 16 points. He had went 7 of 10 um, shooting. He had 2 of 3 from the 3. And he, I thought he played really good defense. I thought the whole team as a you know, as a unit, played really solid defense. They were really getting their active hands, getting in the passing lanes, switching, 
calling out. I mean, they they were being very vocal with each other, and that that's one thing that has lacked over the years, especially in, in Nate Oates' defense. Like they they seem to get lost in either translation or communication with screens, and they get caught off guard, and they they end up trailing way too much, giving up wide open shots, and that happened at times tonight. Morehead State they they hit some tough shots, got some open looks off off trying to hedge and then couldn't get over and the help wasn't there quick enough. And, um, I mean, that's going to happen. It's the first game of the season. This team hasn't been together very long. So you're, you're going to have these bumps, you know, these hiccups every now and then defensively break defensive breakdowns, offensive turnovers. So it, it, it's par for the course for the first game of the season. You, you're, you're nitpicky if you're going to be, you know, complaining about, you know, leaving someone wide open here or turnover here in a in a 32-point win over a very solid Moorhead State team in the first game of the season. Now, everybody was wanting to know how the newcomers would do. You had a massive roster overhaul. You only had four players back, four scholarship players back from last year, Davin Cosby, Mark Sears, Rylan Griffin, and Nick Pringle. So you had a lot to replace and how would they respond? You had Grant Nelson with 24, Aaron Estrada with 16. You had Jaron Stevenson that had a whale of a game shooting the ball. He shot four of seven, two of five from three, and he scored 12 points and had five rebounds. I mean, for a kid that's supposed to be a senior in high school, that's very impressive for his first first collegiate game. He was not afraid to shoot. You had Sam Walters that pitched in with seven. Uh, I thought Woogie gave some pretty good minutes, and Davin Cosby. He only had three points in three points in the in the box score, but he he brought the energy tonight, man. He brought the energy. He he was a guy that really set the tone when he came in of getting down, getting in your stance, and playing solid defense. Hit a three as well. I mean, you're you're gonna have to have guys like that on the team. And I thought the energy was brought tonight in front of a good crowd um, at Coleman Coliseum. Crimson Chaos filled up to the brim. Really loud. Love what Jacob Pickle's doing um, as president of the Crimson Chaos. They're, they're going to be loud. They're going to be a great home home court advantage for Alabama this season. Um, but, you know, overall, very, very impressive win um, for Alabama. They shot 56% overall from the field, 32 of 57. They shot 43% from three, 10 of 23, and a very impressive 31 of 38 from the free throw line. And that that number does not indicate how well they were actually shooting the, the free throws early on. Um, they, they started out a clean 23 of 23 from the free throw line, did not miss. So obviously from there they, they went 8 of 15. But, I mean, Alabama's going to be in some close games throughout the year, so free throw shooting is going to be uh, very microscopic and magnified throughout the year. So that, that's a very encouraging sign as well. Um, for the Crimson Tide. Overall, my thoughts on the game, you saw a lot of potential from this team. Now, I was going to compare this to the year before last with J.D. Davison um, and Keon Ellis, Jaden Shackelford. I thought it was going to be a great offensive team and struggle defensively. They didn't have a lot of great defenders. They they didn't have anybody protecting the rim, really, on that team. 
and I thought this team would be very similar. And offensively, I feel like they, they're, they're even better than last year and maybe even better than the year before. I think this is probably the best offensive team um, top to bottom that Nate Oates has had at Alabama. And that's saying something considering that they're the number one offense pretty much every, year in and year out in the nation. They're gonna have the they're gonna have the firepower to stay with anyone offensively, but defensively has been the issue or been the question mark, I should say. And I thought they brought it tonight. Now Moorhead State, give them credit. They they started off shooting, I believe, fifty two percent in the first half, and Alabama really really shut them down the second half. Dropped their percentage down to forty three and a half percent, thirty percent from three. So Alabama's defense picked it up in the second half. But they're going to be playing a lot more athletic, a lot better shooting teams than what Moorhead State is. So it, it's going to be a, a matter of can they bring the same defensive intensity and effort and focus that they brought tonight. And I think they can. I think Nate Oates and his coaching staffs good enough to, you know, keep them focused on one game at a time and get them fired up for that one game. Because you saw it tonight. Everybody's going to score. What Grant Nelson did tonight, Aaron Estrada could do the next night. We didn't talk about Mark Sears tonight. He had a very efficient three of five, six of seven from the free throw line, 13 points, five assists, five rebounds, two steals, filling up the stat sheet like he typically does. But you're going to have guys that are going to put up Grant Nelson numbers. It's just going to swap in and out. Aaron Estrada is going to have plenty of 20-point games. So is Mark Sears. I liked seeing Rylan Griffin being um, assertive tonight, being aggressive. You know, Jaron Stevenson or Sam Walters might get hot one game. Like, it can be anybody on the floor. I mean, they played everybody tonight. At one point, they had 11 scholarship players all play tonight. 12 or 11, I'm sorry. Chris Parker did not play tonight due to an eye injury. But they had 11 scholarship players all play in the first half tonight. So that shows that Nate Oates is, is comfortable with every single person on the floor. Now, he's trying to get his rotations in, and the starting lineup ended up being Sears, Estrada, Griffin, Nelson, and Pringle, kind of what I said on the last episode, what I thought it would be. And I feel like that's probably going to be the starting lineup majority of the year. And the good thing is is that Nate Oates can, he can strategize and change his starting lineup um, and tinker with it a little bit and not lose production. There were times, I remember one time distinctly, that Aaron Estrada and Latrell Reitzel were the two guards, and they went big and played Grant, Jaron, and Nick Pringle at three, four, and five. And the production stayed the same. Grant Nelson was still still aggressive. Jaron Stevenson popped out, hit two threes in a row. I mean, it, how do you cover them when everybody on the floor can shoot threes outside of the big outside of the center? Um, Pringle or McGee, everybody can step out. You go up against a team like Moorhead State did tonight with, or was tonight, with a seven-footer, 240 pounds that can't move very well. I mean, just pick and pop. I mean, he, he couldn't stay on the floor. He was not. He was a non-factor um, tonight. Darius, I mean, he, he was four points. Deontay Miles was four points in, I believe, over 25 minutes. I mean, he... You just made him a non-factor. Now, Riley Minix played an excellent game. You could tell at times 
when Riley Minix, who is a, a, a seasoned veteran, you could tell by how he carried himself, his moves. I mean, he's been there, done that, and he's very impressive, always under control when he has the ball in his hands. And you could tell going against guys like Sam Walters or Grant Nelson that he knew what he was going to do the whole time. And you're going to go up against guys like that, guys that are just really tough to stop. He ended up with 19 points, 8 of 15 shooting. Um, you know, that happens. He, he's a big big guard, forwards, you know, wing guy. So he was a matchup problem for Alabama. And he, he had a great game. But I thought Alabama's defensive intensity was good. Their offensive – I loved a lot of their offensive plays. Like from, from the tip when they ran ran the dribble drive play and just, you know, fade off into the corner and shot it to Aaron Estrada and he drained the three. And that set the tone for the whole game. I said, all right, Alabama's back. Alabama's going to do what they do. They're going to shoot threes. They're going to play really fast. And that's what they did. They, they scored 105 points and only took 23 th- three-point attempts. I think Nate Oates would like to have around 30, go 10 of 30, 12 of 30, and then the, let the rest be be at the rim. Because overall they shot, what, 22 of 34? 22 of 34 from, from two-point range. So layups, and I think there was one mid-range by Aaron Estrada, which was a beautiful behind-the-back step back. So I like the direction, or I like the um, the potential that this team showed. Now they play Indiana State this Friday night at home, 7 p.m. Same night, same time as tonight. Should be a good crowd since it's a weekend uh, weekend game. So um, I, I expect the same. They they got a pretty easy schedule going up until they go to Destin and face Ohio State, um, Indiana State, South Alabama, and Mercer. But I was very impressed tonight. I really didn't know what to expect, as probably many of y'all didn't either. We went off the two scrimmages against Wake Forest, who looked terrible today. Um, I don't know if they ended up losing to Elon, but they were losing by 14 at halftime. And then to TCU, who's a, who's a tough team. Ended up losing those games late. Didn't look very good at times. To come out and just set the tone, and I feel like – Every game that they play like this is just going to make them closer together and get the chemistry together. And they're going to gain confidence as they go because you still got several young guys in here mixed with some veterans. So you got a nice mix. And if those freshmen start playing like the veterans do, look out because this team has a lot of potential. I've used that word a lot on this podcast today, but that's what this team has is potential. You it's up to them for them to meet or to rise up to that that level that they're they're capable of, and tonight was a good start. So they play Indiana State this Friday night. Should be another decisive victory in my opinion. Um, look for Aaron Estrada to really blow up that game. I think I think he'll have a a really really good game. I think the guards will really thrive in that game. Uh, should be a good up and down game. Now, switching gears a little bit, um, we'll talk a little bit about recruiting for, for a minute here. Um, as y'all know, I went over to the last podcast that Darion Reed 
uh, delayed his announcement and is believed to be Georgia for his select or to, to be his college of choice whenever he announces. I still think that. I changed my future cast pick once he delayed his announcement, which I feel I, I'm not big on the changing, you know, future casts or, you know, for uh, competitors, crystal balls. Um, I'm not big on that. But if someone delays an announcement, I feel like it's it's worthy of that because things have ch- things change drastically. But I changed my pick to Georgia. I feel like ultimately that's what his family wants, and it's hard to go against what your family uh, desires, especially you know mom. So, not saying that's the whole reason, but it's it's a huge reason, and I get it. And Darion Reed, you know, is a very a stud, five-star guy, has a lot of potential. Um, but Alabama switched gears. He had, they had two, two good big-time visitors this past weekend um, to the LSU game. Had Nasir Cunningham, who is a elite shooting wing, six foot seven out of um, California, um, number 49 overall on the Rivals 150. And he act, I actually put a future cast in for him yesterday for Alabama. Heard a lot of good intel on him that in the next couple days, he should be picking Alabama. And right before I got on this podcast, he it, it was announced that he was going to be making a selection tomorrow at 4.30 Central Time. So that, that further, um, I think that he's going to pick Alabama because of that. Um, he loved the visit from what I've heard, and he fits in so nicely to what Alabama wants to do. I mean, he elite wing 6'7", can defend and defend multiple positions. So that will be a big get for Alabama. And they also had Travis Perry, who's a top 100 kid, uh, point guard out of Kentucky, 6'2". And can really score the ball. Really good shooter as well. And he's announcing his decision on Sunday, I believe at 2.30 Central Time. And I believe that one's going to come down to Alabama and Cincinnati. Now, I haven't heard too much of from Travis or, you know, Travis's camp since he made his visit. So I'm unsure of what direction he's going. But since I haven't heard anything, it's hard to kind of, you know, put a prediction or kind of say where he's leaning right now, but it will be between Alabama and it'll be between Alabama and Cincinnati. So Alabama has a potential to have a really good week recruiting wise. They'll they'll get one good, one good player this week for sure. could get two. Um, They're not going to give up on Darion Reed and it it could swap the way that recruitment has been going. It's a roller coaster. I want to get off. I've gone so many different ways, heard so many different things. Um, I'm just ready for it to be over with and not have to worry about it anymore. But if they could pull off Darion Reed as well as Cunningham, that would be a fantastic end to a class that's already got Aiden Shirell, um committed. And the signing period starts this week as well. I believe it starts on the, the 8th and goes through the 16th. So look for Aiden Shirell to – sign his NLI um, this week and get it in, you know, make it official. And I imagine Cunningham will do the same once he, once he announces tomorrow. 
So Alabama should have a, a, a nice two, maybe three-man class uh, for the class of 2024. It's kind of a weak class overall, but I feel like Alabama's going to land a couple guys, maybe three that really fit their system. It's going to really help them next year. And then they'll just attack the portal like they like they did this past year and kind of go for some some top-end transfer portal guys because, as you can tell, Aaron Estrada and Grant Nelson were two of the top ten most coveted transfers in the country, and they chose to come play for Nate Oates because of the style of play, the success that Alabama's having, and why, why wouldn't you want to play for a guy like Nate Oates? I mean, super charismatic, fun to be around, and really coaches you hard. So I really like the tra- tra- trajectory of Alabama's roster for the next two to three years based on this 2024 class, who they could land in the portal, who they'll have coming back next year, uh, and the 2025 class is going to be star-studded, and I think Alabama's going to land a couple big fish in that recruiting class. But that's that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Uh, I wanted to hop on and kind of get um, a short podcast in after the first game. I won't be doing this after every non-conference game. I'll start probably just recording every Sunday night and recapping the week and previewing the next week um, just because there's going to be so many, so many games kind of back-to-back or close to it especially the tournament games. So look for a podcast to drop every Sunday until January when SEC play starts, and then I'll start going twice a week. And I believe Matt Landry will kind of finally hop back on with me since he finishes his NBA program um, and gets his NBA after uh, after this winter. So Alabama gets a big, big, big win at home, 105-73 over Moorhead State, and they play Indiana State this Friday night at home at 7 p.m. Can't wait to watch another game of this team. It's going to be fun to watch them all year. And until next time, I'm your host, Jordan Harper. Please follow me at on Twitter, at HarperNation24. Subscribe to this podcast um, and turn on the alerts for when I drop a new episode. And until next time, this has been another episode of the Double Dribble Podcast. Adios.